We are going to have the pleasure of hearing from Amelia, our River Kids director. Thank you, Charles. Good morning. My name is Amelia. Um, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Don't you just love what Amy shared this morning? Well, many of you may not realize, but church is also happening upstairs and downstairs. And it is my intention today to share a little bit of what we do at Kids Church. Now, as Amy mentioned earlier, there's one exercise that we usually do with the kids, and that's called imagination exercise. So I wonder if we can start with that today. You can stay seated in your chair, but I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine you as your young self. I'm talking a child between the age of five and nine. What do you look like? Do you still remember? What's your hair like? And what clothes do you wear? Now, imagine everyone in this room is also a child version of themselves. I wonder what it would feel like do you think we would have more giggles or laughs? Would we make more connections with each other? Would we present ourselves more honestly or see others more kindly? Now, still keeping your eyes closed for the next two questions, I want you to raise your hand if you say yes. First one, who here thinks that we would have more fun as children? Who here thinks that we would make more friends? Thank you. You can now open your eyes. Many of you may not be able to see, but about over half of you think that we would have more fun and make more friends as children. So what happened? Aren't we supposed to get better at things as we grow older? Despite all the social media and online uh, networkings that we adults have, making friends or genuine social connections can be challenging. In this Advent season, we have been talking a lot about community. In his sermon a couple of weeks ago, Charles mentioned that agape or unconditional love should be our central value. And he laid down a few commitments that could help us build an agape community here at our church. And these are super important. We couldn't begin to build anything together unless people first feel safe and feel free from shame and guilt. We adults, we generally know how to treat others, other people with respect. But making genuine connections, now that's something that we may need a little help with. Let's see if some of our passages today could inspire us. 
Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. Now, there are many theories behind what the kingdom of heaven is. Some believe it to be a physical place, something that comes in our future. Some believe it to be more of a spiritual place, an embodied reality. A state of being where we feel truly connected with God, with everyone, with everything. Either way, if there was a model that we should follow after or aspire, the kingdom of heaven would be one, right? This is the ultimate agape community. Let's read more. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For whoever is the least among all of you, he is the greatest. Do you see a common theme in all of these verses? Children. In order to become a part of this heavenly community, one must become like children. When the adults, when the disciples are concerned about the rankings, about who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, probably assuming that that would be in the short list of nominations, right? Jesus quickly corrected them. Jesus was like, hold your horses, buddies. Let's see if you even make it through the door. I imagine this must be a very sobering response. We adults spend years learning, adapting, becoming more knowledgeable and competent in many areas. I mean, this is how we build our societies, our civilization, right? With knowledge, with expertise, with competency and hard work. So it seems logical to think that our spiritual growth and making genuine connection with others use the same rules. But in becoming adults, we may gain reasons and self-determination, but I wonder if along the way, in the process, we lost something. So today, I would like to invite you to take inspiration from our children, inspiration on how to make the most of our community. Number one, humility, lay down your mask. In his sermon, Charles Avon talked about how we all have masks. From the day we took the fruit from um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, from our days in the Garden of Eden, we have been making judgments about ourselves, about each other, and about God. We cover ourselves with masks. 
We are accustomed to hiding behind our achievements, our successes, our money, our knowledge. So to be like children, to deny what we have built and pride ourselves upon, can be very difficult. The bigger the mass, the harder it would be to lay them down. But now, when you talk to children, they don't really care about what you do, your titles, the school you went to, how much money we make. These are not very relevant to them. Children are probably more interested if you have a puppy or a kitten or what's your favorite ice cream flavor is. They would rather share laughs over silly and unintelligent noises. Now, this is a true story. I found out from the children downstairs that Alexa, the Amazon device, can make a plethora of fart noises. <laughs> I can't remember what conversations we had, but if you ever just need to laugh until your face hurts, ask Alexa to make some of these noises. You're welcome. <laughs> so don't be afraid to lay down your mask. You may actually enjoy it. Johann Baptist Metz, a German Catholic priest and one of the most influential theologians of our time, said, every genuine human encounter must be inspired by the poverty of the spirit. We must forget ourselves in order to let the other person approach us. We must be able to open up to the other person, to let that person's distinctive personality unfold. So rather than speaking out of our strength or expertise, find something that can really connect you to the other person. Stop ranking people like what the disciples did or judging ourselves and others in the back of our mind. Let's try to be comfortable with opening and connecting. And let's not miss out on the opportunity to encounter the mysterious secrets of our beings with one another. Number two, curiosity leads to inclusivity. When we think of children, when we see children, we tend to see them from a position of expertise, authority, or, or power. So adults have a tendency to want to teach children our ways or give really quick answer to them or maybe even dismiss the children altogether. There's a saying, children are to be seen and not to be heard. I really dislike this quote. Um, this is exactly what the disciples did. The disciples rebuked the children, which prompted Jesus to say, no, let them come to me. Do not hinder them. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, if the kingdom of heaven is a kind of reality or community that you would like to be a part of, 
then you don't want to hinder its precious members, right? That would not put you in a favorable position. And if you close your ears to these people, you would be missing out. Not long ago, a nine-year-old in River Kids asked a very interesting question. Does God have parents? Hmm. I see where he's going with this. I love that he's asking question. I would hate to give him a quick answer and shut down his exploration. So I responded with more questions. Well, I wonder if maybe God is not exactly like us. Maybe God is not a thing. Maybe something bigger. And then he said, oh, you mean like time? Hmm, time does feel big, doesn't it? Sometimes we like to give God different names and descriptions. But I wonder if there's ever one that is truly sufficient. He then said, well, we call time with a.m. and p.m., but really time has always been there. That is very profound. Through his questioning, this child did not only expand his ideas, he also expanded mine. We're all born with curiosity. Children ask why, how, when, among many other questions. Research shows that a child asks about 40,000 questions between the age of two and five. And by the time children enter elementary school, this number drops significantly, over half. And by middle school and high school, many children just stop asking questions altogether. As we grow, we shift from curious learning to knowing and reach a learning plateau. But working and interacting with children has helped me to stay curious. I'm learning to be more humble with what I know and open to what I do not know. When we exercise curiosity, we take a posture of humility, allowing others to reveal things to us, a new knowledge or perspective, so curiosity leads to growth. And curiosity acknowledges the brilliance of other people. So when we are curious, we're not only expanded, but we also become inclusive and kinder. We affirm the gift of others, the gift of their being. Number three, the gift of community. When our church decided to be inclusive and affirming of the LGBTQ community, we did not do it because it is culturally appropriate thing to do. Although it is important for a church to be relevant, and there is nothing right or kind about excluding people. But we did it because it was the call of the heart. To be inclusive, 
is in character with Jesus. Welcoming the LGBTQ community is welcoming Jesus and welcoming God. Our church has lost more than a few members because of this decision. But I wonder if we may have revealed new ways of being and walking together as Christians. The same thing with children. If even for a short time, for less than two hours, we can truly see children as gift. We can embrace their beings and their ideas. I wonder if our ways of seeing and thinking about the world would be renewed. I wonder if we would rediscover our sense of curiosity, our sense of wonder about life, about God, or about people. Amy shared that our interaction with children or with people in general can be fleeting. We may not remember everyone's names and faces. We may not remember the message or activities that we do that day. But the hug, the joyful embrace, the genuine connection, the sense of belonging to each other may linger for a while. It may become our resources for life. It may become helpful when we are feeling down. Genuine moments of connection can help us build resilience in life. At our church, we have a diversity of people around us. Uh, it is in communities such as this that we experience our social connection in full spectrums, right? Friendships are wonderful and very beneficial. But friendships alone tend to be binary, small, and measured. Because we choose our friends, we have criteria consciously and subconsciously who gets to be in our circle. In a community, we have overlapping circles. We can celebrate the cumulative greatness of friendships in our lives. And the boundaries of those circles remain open and permeable, allowing people to come in and out with ease, adding value, opening new opportunities. There's expansions, growth, and connections in a community. It is truly a gift. So please make the most of our church and our community. Come regularly. Check out the different groups and events that we have and will be having in the, in the coming year. And maybe volunteer at River Kids <laughs> or other teams. C.S. Lewis said, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. If we were to see each other as we really are, as God sees us, we would be strongly tempted to bow down and worship one another. Christmas is a great reminder that when God wants to connect with us, God does not take a posture of glory or power. 
God takes the posture of small, weak, and vulnerable child, a baby. And those who welcome this child welcome God. And those who bow down allow themselves to receive, receive the wonderful gift of God's presence. So now, I want you to look around you. Make sure you open your eyes for this one. Look at the people beside you, behind you, and in front of you. You're all beautiful, and you are all a gift to one another. So thank you for being present with me here and allowing me to be present for you too. Have a wonderful third Sunday of Advent.